Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline, Steve Mariucci in a half hour. As we look ahead to the Super Bowl and continue to keep a close eye on the quarterback carousel. As always, my disheveled board operator Bubba is along for the ride. And my main man Hembo is in our studio with us today as well with stats, analytics, and just general good humor. So we are busy today. And I would want to start this hour with what I think is a very interesting question. What would you give? I mean, Bubba, let me ask you this because you're a person of... of um, of, of, of great you know, social understanding, right? I mean, you, you know all the social etiquette, all the moray, all that sort of thing. So, Bubba, if you were invited to Tom Brady's birthday party, for example, what would you bring him as a gift? What do you literally give the person who has everything? Hmm, that's a good one. You know, Bubba, I come to you for answers to these questions, and sometimes you don't recognize that we are we – are, there's time right, constraints. Well, I, I got to think for a second. I don't have it just off the top of my head. All right, I'm going to get them. Uh... I typed this question into the rundown at 5 o'clock this morning, Bubba. Feel free to look at it. Right, what do you give the man who has everything? A second. Jeez. I'm going to get him something I know he doesn't have and I know he will enjoy. A keg of Keystone Light. <laughs> Okay. See, it was worth waiting for. Very nice, because it is a fascinating question. On the old show, we used to jokingly say, a fruit basket makes a lovely gift. But the question is, what do you give the man who has everything? And the reason I ask that is because I think it dovetails with the really big question about the upcoming Super Bowl. What does this game mean for the legacy of Tom Brady? Which is to say, how do you improve your legacy if you're already the greatest of all time. There can only be one greatest of all time, and right now it's him. Now, it might put people further into the rearview mirror, but you can't go from being number one any higher than that. It's sort of like saying, if you're the number one pick in the draft, well, no one, there's nothing else that can happen there. You can't increase your stock in that last year or whatever it is. So, Tom Brady, you can't be more than the GOAT. Which makes you wonder, what does he really have at stake here? And I would say he has one very huge thing at stake. And it is a competition. And that competition, I think, is frequently being misidentified. It is not Tom versus time. It's Brady versus Bill. That is what is at stake. And for me to begin to explain it to you, let me first give you a little I'm sorry why. I'm sorry what? I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? Did you hear Tom Brady talking about Bruce Arians yesterday? This was Tom Brady talking about his new coach, Bruce Arians, in Tampa yesterday. He's a great man. He's a great leader. He's a great person. He's, you know, a great friend. He's very loyal. Um, He's just got a great way about communicating effectively with everybody around here. And everybody has a great affection for him. I'm sorry, what? Did Tom Brady just spend those 13 seconds and we cut out like another 40 of them because I just couldn't take it anymore? Did he just basically describe Bruce Arians as kind of his best friend? Like we're the two best friends that anyone ever had? Because I never heard him talk about Bill that way. And if you think that's a coincidence... That all of a sudden he's waxing rhapsodic about Arians. I mean, listen to the word choice. He's a great man. man. He's a great leader. leader. He's a great person. person. He's, 
you know, a great friend. Friend. <laughs> what, what are we doing here? Uh, th- th- this is what he's saying about Bruce Arians. And if you don't think that's a little tiny, subtle shot, I disagree. Now, let me say a few things about that. I do not believe, or at least I do not know, that Brady and Bill actively dislike each other. But you can be competitive about your legacy without hating each other. I don't think Bill and Brady hate each other. But I do believe the competition is real. So for Bill, the ball's in his court. Because for the moment, Brady has put the Brady versus Bill conversation to rest. That's done. It could be rekindled, but it's done. That is not to diminish Belichick. I continue to believe that Belichick is the best coach in the history of pro football. But what can never again be said is that Brady is in any way diminished at any of the credit that he receives for the Patriots' success is in any way diminished by the greatness of his coach and the suggestion that it's about the system. It's Brady. He has now put that to rest to come to this team that hadn't been in the playoffs in 13 years and make it back to the Super Bowl in his first season with no offseason, no preseason. You all know what happened. And to get through Drew Brees in his building and then Aaron Rodgers in his building, whether he beats Mahomes or not, if he beats Mahomes, then forget it. Then there's nothing ever talk about again. And Brady becomes the best quarterback that will ever be. And it doesn't matter what anyone else does. I don't expect him to do it. But I don't hold that against him because I don't expect anybody to beat Patrick Mahomes anytime in the next 15 years. But the point of the matter is that the whole Brady being diminished by having always been associated with Bill, I think is now over. They played more games as a tandem than any other coach quarterback duo of all time. They, they played 324 games with Belichick as the starter. Excuse me, Belichick as the coach and Brady as the starting quarterback. We all know what happened. They went to nine Super Bowls and won six. Bill Belichick coached exactly 100 games prior to this year before Tom Brady made his first NFL start. He was 42-58. and He inherited a Cleveland Browns team. People always think, well, he had no chance to win with the Browns. The team he inherited had been in the playoffs five of the previous six seasons. He was their head coach for four years excuse me, for five years and missed the playoffs, four of those five. He came to New England. He went 5-13 and 13 with Drew Bledsoe as his quarterback. It's not exactly a stiff. Then he turned to Brady, and Brady went 14-3 and three in his first season as the starter. So I know that sometimes when you say these things, it sounds like I'm diminishing Bill. I don't mean to do that at all. I have extraordinary respect for Bill. What I'm saying is, That Brady's legacy has been enhanced greatly by what he has done this year. Because from now on, if anyone ever says, well, any of Brady's success was a product of the Patriot way or Belichick's genius or the system, you know that you can immediately discount anything that person ever says again. Because that person doesn't have any idea what they're talking about. I'm Greeny, and I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Small business protection just got easier. With more than 30 coverage options available, Progressive has you covered more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Don't miss Steve Mariucci and more as we continue this hour. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Goodyear hotline, they will include Steve Mariucci in 15 minutes. And my next guest has a fascinating distinction. He is the only person in the history of the NFL who has caught a pass from Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and Ben Roethlisberger. The only person to catch a pass from those three Surefire future Hall of Famers is my next guest, Emmanuel Sanders, who joins me on the Goodyear Hotline. Emmanuel, were you aware of that, that you are the only player to catch a pass from all three of those quarterbacks? Uh, no, I wasn't aware of that. But uh, if you would have asked me if I was the only one, I, I would have probably said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you certainly would have known you did it. And so if you'd known yeah. it was only one, it would have been. Let me ask you that because you got three. They strike me as such different personalities and certainly different styles of play just the stature you look at Ben you look at Drew you realize how different they are what what made those guys those three great quarterbacks you played with what made them similar and what made them different uh I mean the similarities is just the competitiveness right uh the want to and the will and and the mindset to go out and be able to accomplish playing quarterback is a is a hard position playing quarterback in the NFL is just extremely difficult but the process in which these guys uh, uh, thought, you're right, like their thought process on the game day and the way. For, when I played with Big Ben, it was more physical traits, right? Like Big Ben was just a, a physical specimen. It was just shoving people off of him, making plays after the throw. Uh, and then when I got with uh, with Peyton, Peyton was more just like, if you run a if you run a route and it's not at if, if it's fifteen yard route and it's at fourteen point five three eight Peyton's like, dude, I need you to get to fifteen, right? <laughs> like he was very just strict on making sure that you get your depth and he wanted everything to be perfect and the way that he ran the offense was just just, just perfect. And then when I got with Drew, Drew is just a warrior spirit, right? Drew the pregame speeches, the way he goes, the intensity that he practices, the the way that he gets guys going, and then the preparation that he puts in just from knowing the coverages and different things, and um, you know, just just the difference of them. But it's crazy and playing with all of them, like you just saw just true greatness uh, within all of them, and you knew that like most quarterbacks and most people in general aren't built like this because. If you look at a whole bunch of Hall of Famers just in the NFL in general, these guys are built different. Now, it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's easy to make it to the NFL, but it's hard to make it to the Hall of Fame. you got to be extremely uh, different, and those guys were extremely different. 
No question about it. It's a great breakdown of all of them. Emmanuel Sanders, most recently with the Saints, right now with the Saints as we speak, and again, playing with those three players. So two reasons I wanted to talk to you today. One of them, of course, is looking ahead to the Super Bowl. We'll get to that. But then we've been having a lot of conversations about quarterbacks, you know, going from one place to another during this offseason. We'll see where they all wind up. And I think the overwhelming expectation is that Drew Brees is going to retire. He hasn't announced that yet. But you've seen something the rest of us haven't, which is what have you seen from Jameis Winston this year and whatever opportunities he's been given in practice and, and wherever else um, to, to sort of give us a sense of what his opportunity might be to become the next starting quarterback in New Orleans if Breeze, as expected, does retire? Yeah, I mean, Jameis big arm, right? He has a big arm. He can make all the throws. He loves to throw the, he loves to throw the ball down the field. And um, he's a, he, he loves football, like, Jameis was one of them guys, when I tell you, we probably had over X amount of practices. And 99.3% of those practices, no matter how long it took, like it was times where I would practice would be over and I would go to my locker for like 30, 40 minutes and then go get a lift in and I would look out on the field. And it would be Jameis and the assistant quarterback's coach still out there throwing and, and, and preparing. Like, Jameis, like, work ethic is second to none, right? Like, he loves to throw the football. He loves to be on the field. He loves to work hard. And so uh, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, Drew hasn't haven't announced his, his retirement. But, uh, you know, as far as Jameis being the quarterback of the Saints, like, I don't, I don't, not, I don't, I don't not see that happen. And so, uh, you know, and it, it's great as an opportunity. Now, I can't speak for Sean Payton and the Saints and what, they, and what direction they're going to go. Like, I know it's a lot of quarterbacks on the market that, I don't know where they're going to go because that's really not my job. But one thing that I can only only speak on is what I saw is Jameis got a big arm and he's the hardest working guy in the building, uh, probably next to Drew Brees. That's great insight and, and good for him. And we, we had said, I've been a fan. I mean, I've been a supporter of Jameis going back to his days in Tampa. And I said, this is the best thing that could happen to him. Go there, learn under a great coach in Sean Payton, learn playing behind a great quarterback in Drew Brees and, and take that all in and, and come back with another opportunity. And maybe he will get that. I told Jameis that as well. I said, Jameis, I said, you put yourself in a good position because what a lot of people don't understand is, yeah, they look at the quarterback position. All right, you take a young quarterback to come into the league. That young quarterback needs an offensive coordinator, an offensive guru, an offensive-minded person to put them in certain situations to, to, to succeed in, right? So any, I feel like any quarterback, whether it's Joe Burrow, whether it's any quarterback, who would not want Sean Payton to be their offensive coordinator, right? And mm-hmm. so I just thought it was smart of him to come over and, and, and link up with Sean because from an from a offensive mindset and having a whole bunch of head coaches, like, I haven't seen anyone as bright as, as, as Sean. Now, I've seen some people just as bright, but not as bright as him. Yeah, and it's a great success there, obviously, in New Orleans. He and Breeze sort of joined at the hip all these years, and now we'll see if, indeed, it is time to move on. One more thing, Emmanuel, I wanted to ask you about it, and that is you obviously just played Tampa a couple of weeks ago, and I know that didn't go the way you wanted it to go. But that was a game where, for all the talk about Tom Brady, it was the Tampa Bay defense that was sensational, and they turned you guys over a bunch of times, and they've really been the reason this Buccaneer team is in the Super Bowl. If you had to put your finger on the one thing about that defense that made it the most difficult, what is it? Linebackers. Linebackers and, and their front four. Uh, Tampa's playing this coverage called 22 men, and, and, and it, looks like, it looks like these DBs up in your face, pressing, jam you. But they're really playing two high safeties. They're playing Tampa. 
They're playing uh, 22 men, and they're just letting their front four get at you, and then they got linebackers. They got the two fastest linebackers. They got the best linebacker group in the NFL, and they're just flying all over the field. And what a huge difference. Like, uh, the second game we played them, like, I didn't see too much of that coverage. I didn't see too much man-to-man, bump and run. Like, I didn't see any of that. And then in the playoff game, I just saw a defense that was literally just flying all over the field. I mean, Devin White was just everywhere. And, uh, you know, they, 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 they got good players. And then Shaq Barrett has just, just have, have come on. I played with Shaq when, uh, when we won the Super Bowl in Denver. And he was, he was the backup to uh, DeMarcus Ware and, and, and Von Miller. And everybody knew that Shaq Barrett was going to be a good player. And he went to Tampa, and now he's showing it. He was a sack leader last year. So, I know everybody's talking about Brady and talking about uh, Patrick Mahomes, but uh, I got a lot of respect for the Tampa defense, especially just how they've been playing just in the playoffs in general. I'm with you. Shaq Barrett, I think, is a sneaky, interesting pick for MVP going into this Super Bowl, especially with Kansas City banged up on the offensive line without their starting right tackle and now without their starting left tackle. Uh, I'm out of time, but this is a pleasure. Emmanuel Sanders, thank you for this time. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy the offseason, and we'll catch up soon. Stay healthy. All right, thank you. Take care. That's Emmanuel Sanders. Really interesting. And and as I was looking into him this morning and seeing all the guys that he played with, but I could have done a lot of breakdown there of the Super Bowl, and we'll do it as we go. Meanwhile, Steve Mariucci will join me next. We've got a lot left to get to here. I'm glad you're along for the ride. It's a football Friday, and I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. I come to you every day live from the Seaport District of Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. And as this Football Friday continues and we count down the days to the upcoming Super Bowl, I am really looking forward to talking football with the NFL Network's Steve Mariucci, one of the best guys to break down the sport, and he will join me in exactly 30 seconds. That's after this word from ZipRecruiter. Look, sports is using technology to take the fan experience to the next level, like having digital fans in the stands. When it comes to hiring, there's one solution that's been advancing its technology for years, and that's ZipRecruiter. And now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash ZipRecruiter's technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. No wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. And with that, it is my pleasure to welcome in longtime NFL head coach. And again, now at the NFL Network, Steve Mariucci is with me on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Steve Mariucci. Good morning, Greeny. Are you going to the Super Bowl next week? Will I see you there? I am unfortunately not. No, we have a, a, a smaller crew that's headed down this year, and you're going to have to have some fun without yeah. me down there. I regret it. I We've got a smaller crew, too. They're sending six of us, and yeah. uh, we'll be there on Tuesday for the rest of the week and, of course, the game. But, yeah, smaller crew. It's going to be interesting with one of the teams being the home team right there, huh? First time ever. And, and of course, look, interesting and different in so many different ways that, 
you know, the, the Kansas City's not going to fly in until late in the week. They're not going to do the usual Super Bowl stuff. We're living in a pandemic. And I, all I will say is yeah. for all the things we've missed, it's a miracle that we've gotten what we've gotten. The fact that we've had as good a season mm-hmm. as we've had and it's been great. And now we have this great Super Bowl. Mooch, I think, I think this is way more than I think we should have realistically expected before it started. Yeah, think about that. You know, really every other sport, uh, major sports, college sports, high school sports have have been affected and altered tremendously with scheduling and limiting their games and practices and and uh, how we pull this off to, to be on time without any delays and play all our games. I mean, that's a lot of cooperation and dedication by all these players and coaches and medical people and their families, right, to stay safe. And, and uh, it, it's a, it is a, a miracle that we are on time. I credit a lot of people for that. And so let's enjoy it here. Uh, because who knows what next year will bring it. Uh, we just got to get back on track as fast as possible. But this is uh, this is a heck of a season for the NFL, to be quite honest with you. Totally agree. And the playoffs have been great, and, and this Super Bowl sets up to be great. So I want to get to that in a minute. But first, your name came up here earlier this week. So I have Brett, oh. Favre, I have Brett Favre on, and he is telling me stories about the Green Bay <laughs> coaching staff that you were on and how insanely competitive you – Gruden and Andy Reid were about getting plays into the game and, and that, that Holmgren basically would have a meeting and you guys would all be like presenting plays, different offensive plays. You're all drawing up all three of you young offensive geniuses and he would pick the ones that he liked. And the competition between the three of you, at least in Brett Favre's eyes, was very significant. What is your recollection of that? <laughs> Favre, you gotta, you gotta believe anything Favre said. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, know, you tell we, me. We were, we were so young. We were just happy to be there. Um, there were a lot of coaches, Greeny, from Mike Holmgren's staff that ended up to be head coaches because of Brett Favre, right, and his success. And of course, Reggie White, but uh, and Dick Jaron and Ray Rhodes and and gosh, Marty Morningway, all kinds of, of us coaches started there and uh, learned from Mike Holmgren and, and we were together for, for a few years. It was so much fun. That's where we cut our teeth. And I guess once in a while we would try to suggest something, but Mike Holmgren was the play caller, right? Mm-hmm. And Mike never would give that up. There's no way Mike's going to let Sherm Lewis, the offensive coordinator or any of us really think about calling plays. Yeah. You might get a suggestion in there once in a while and say, hey, well, let's run the same play with this formation or this personnel group or, you know, those sort of things once in a while, yeah. Um, but uh, I guess there was competition w- with the three of us and others maybe to see who could learn the system the fastest and, and contribute a little bit more uh, because we were all learning Mike's way, and it, it was a blast, I'll be honest with you. It, it was – it. I mean, the, the legendary stories about that group and obviously with Favre in the middle of it and then Holmgren and now the great success all of you went on to. But let's talk about Andy here because now what can we say about what Andy Reid has put together now in Kansas City, particularly with this offense? What, what do you see when you watch it? You know, I, I just I actually just did an interview with him yesterday. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we're, we're pretty close. You know, we – all of our kids grew up together in Green Bay and all of that, you know. And, and uh, a couple of years ago, I, I well, yeah, I guess it was last year, I went back to Kansas City when we didn't have to do Zoom. And uh, I said, Andy, 
I'm looking at your offense, and I don't know you anymore. Hmm. What happened to our West Coast offense, man? He says, well, we're running the West Coast offense, but all this jet sweep, shovel pass, spin around stuff is like, where did you get this stuff from? And they're just having a ball with being creative. You know, they have the basics, you know, two and three jet and their numbering system and, and nomenclature of the West Coast offense. But then I think he stays up at night, and, and they and they kind of think about some crazy stuff to do because Patrick Mahomes can do anything, anything. And, you know, it's it's uh, it's been fun to watch. I just love turning on the film and watching those guys. Yeah, he's got a great supporting cast. It's like a track team. They got all kinds of speed and, and talent. But it, it's Patrick Mahomes can do anything you want him to do, going right or going left or going left-handed, right-handed, no no look passes, and they're just having a ball with it. You know what I remember? It makes me think of Steve Mariucci is with me here on ESPN radio. Back in the day, they used to talk about the triangle offense. This is basketball I'm talking about now. And, and people were talking about Phil Jackson running this triangle. I remember Jeff Van Gundy was coaching against him at the time, said, you know what the triangle is? And he wrote the number 23 on the blackboard. And he said, if you've got Michael Jordan, you're going to. So, so when we watch Kansas City and we see all this, what they now call window dressing and all this creative stuff. At the end of the day, does it just come down to that quarterback is so good they can do stuff no one else can do? Yeah, if it's window dressing, they live in a glass house because <laughs> everything is on uh, on the table. Um, yeah, it's Patrick, and I've watched them practice. Greeny, I've been out there watched them practice mm-hmm. during the season indoors in training camp outdoors. <clears throat> I don't remember seeing a ball on the ground. I mean, but by that I mean when you throw seven-on-seven, team, blitz period, boom. He completes every pass. And this is in practice. And it's, like, amazing. It's like, dang. I mean, they're putting in some new stuff here, you know, that they really haven't repped or timed up yet. And he still completes things. It it is amazing. Um, That's why this Super Bowl is so awesome, because you got Goat and Tom Brady, who's been there for forever. In fact, Andy Reid played against him in the Super Bowl 16 years ago. Mm -hmm. I asked him yesterday, I said, what's the difference between a uh, Tom Brady now in 16 years ago, you, I can't see any difference. <laughs> and I said, I see difference in you, Andy. And, and oh my God! <laughs> but you know, then you got you got this young gun coming up in Patrick Mahomes, who's who's you know, kind of a passing of the torch from one great to another, right? But Tom Brady's not done yet. No, you're not getting rid of him yet. He's going to keep playing. <laughs> my God. Um, yeah, he doesn't but, look yeah, ready it, to it, pass it, any it, torch, much. You know what I mean? He doesn't look ready to pass a torch, right? He doesn't look to me like a person who is who is thinking torch. about passing it. No, no torch passing, and 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 Patrick Mahomes is going to have to pull it away from him because Tom Tom doesn't age. You know, it's like with Ponce De Leon went over to Florida, or you know, like five hundred <laughs> years ago, he's looking for the fountain of youth. I think Tom Brady just found it for him. <laughs> yeah, he does. He looks younger than he did then, as you do, by the way. Someone sh- that needs to be mentioned in this I conversation. Do? Yes, you are a man who does not age particularly either, and I, I mean that in the best possible way. Steve Mariucci is with me. Let me ask you one more thing about that offense, though, because teach me something here how big a deal is losing the left tackle they already lost their right tackle kansas city did their offensive tackle mitchell schwartz and now they've lost eric fisher who was a pro bowl left tackle he tore his achilles in the afc championship game and a lot of us look at it and we think well they've got mahomes they got all these receivers it won't matter they're going up against a really good pass rush how big a deal is losing the left tackle going into the super bowl it's a big deal um because who you're playing against Jason Pierre-Paul or Shaq Barrett. I mean, these guys can bring it. 
And so they're going to they're going to give quick pressure to Patrick Mahomes. Now, Greeny, twenty percent of his passes are thrown from over there by the numbers anyway. The guy mm-hmm. escapes and creates, you know, for breakfast. I mean, that's that's what he does best, maybe. And so he's going to be chased down, and he's going to leave the pocket, and he's very good when he leaves the pocket. But when you lose your two bodyguards, yeah, your tackles, that's that's hard. And so. That's when you got to be creative with protection. You got to be able to chip with a tight end, chip with a back, and they will, and they do. Um, but what do, you, what do you lose? You lose a little check down uh, or some of that stuff. But luckily, uh, Patrick Mahomes is, it loves loves being outside. I remember playing coaching Favre <clears throat> when we beat the Lions in the playoffs. He 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 escaped to the left and he threw a touchdown for about sixty yards to Sterling Sharp to beat the Lions in the Silverdome. And I said after the game, why did you leave the pocket? He goes, because I like it out there. <laughs> and Patrick Mahomes is like that, because I like it out there. And he's really good. And so he's going to get chased without those tackles. Yeah, that hurts with Eric Fisher gone. There are real similarities, right? Well, I was asking Favre about it, and Favre basically said, he reminds me of me, but he doesn't throw the interceptions I threw. I mean, like, like Mahomes seems to be all the good <laughs> stuff about That's Favre exactly and none right. of the bad stuff. Yeah. Barb would throw it to the other guys once in a while. And so, but uh, yeah, he's got, he's got some of that gunslinger mentality, you know, pitch it underhand. Barb, I don't know if Barb invented that, but he sure did it and uh, drive you nuts. And, 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 and I, what I see right now, Greeny, in, in coaching, because we have so many good young quarterbacks coming up through the ranks in youth football, high school, you know, with lead 11 stuff. And, you know, they train these guys like crazy now, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that's why there's so many good young ones. We're, we're developing them uh, at a young age. <clears throat> but I see now we're not as rigid as coaches. Hey, you got to go back three, five, and seven and throw it on time, and you got to be perfect with your delivery and follow through and all this baloney and look like the prototype, Let's make a clinic tape. Uh-uh. It's like get the job done. You watch Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or some of these guys – they're throwing off balance a lot of the time. They're not setting their feet if they don't have to because they have so much arm talent. They can flick it out there, boom, and, and, they can, and, and you wouldn't teach your kid to do that because most kids don't have that kind of arm talent. But they do, and, and they can do it uh, with different angles with their arm and going right and left and you name it, and it's just kind of get the job done. Who cares what it looks like? And, boy, are they doing it. I love it. Well, I can, I can give you numbers for that. Brett Favre, in his what? first three seasons as a starter, had 70 touchdowns and 51 interceptions. And Patrick Mahomes, in his first three seasons as a starter, has 114 touchdowns and 23 interceptions. So he has twice as many touchdowns yeah. and half as many picks. It's, it, what he's on yeah. pace yeah. to do uh, is, is it's impossible. It's ridiculous. It's impossible to believe. And I, Greeny, I would say this, too. Keep in mind this. <clears throat> When I was coaching, Steve Young never went in shotgun, uh-huh. okay? Yeah. Never. Brett Favre didn't go in the shotgun until maybe his eighth year because Sapp was driving him nuts, okay? So mm-hmm. he backed up away a little bit when they played camp. Remember that battle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. And, and um, the, the rules have changed so we can now throw the ball quickly out to the receivers horizontally, and we can be blocking down the field more so than before. Brett Favre didn't throw those bubble screens and all those kind of screens out there where we're mm-hmm. blocking with receivers and throwing the ball in the flat, um, RPOs. 
The only RPO Brett threw was uh, if the corner was soft eight yards or deeper, he'd throw a smoke route out there, and Aaron Rodgers still does that. But but the, the rules have changed, so you shouldn't throw as many interceptions. You throw so many of those horizontal passes that are high percentage, never going to get intercepted. I shouldn't say never. happens once in a while. But um, it's just it's just an easier way to throw the ball right now. It makes more for more points, more yards, more exciting passing. Um, with with Brett Favre's era back then, man. I mean, if you look at all the Hall of Fame quarterbacks, <laughs> a lot of them have a lot of interceptions because you're throwing the ball down the field and receivers are getting mugged all the way through and hitting in the middle. And it was just tougher now. It's more, I guess, it's just a little bit more quarterback friendly right now with our rules, and and that that I think that helps. Uh, you know, advance the game a little bit, makes it more exciting. I'm with you. I mean, they've they've done everything for the offense, and candidly, it has worked. Mm-hmm. Steve Mariucci, it's a pleasure to catch up again now on NFL Network. They'll be down there next week covering the biggest game of the year. Great to talk to you. Stay healthy, okay? And we'll talk again soon. Thanks so much for Thanks. the time. All right, Greeny. Thank you for having me on. Have a great day. It's a pleasure. You too. That's Steve Mariucci again, a terrific coach in his day, an excellent analyst. And, and, and the comparisons with Favre, I just want to read you those numbers again. Hembo was typing them as I was going. In his first three seasons as a starter, Favre threw 70 touchdowns. Mahomes, three seasons, 114. Favre, 51 picks. Mahomes, 23. I mean, the game has changed a lot, but no one is changing it more than Patrick Mahomes. Greeny's picks are up next, and they're brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. And as on DraftKings, we turn our attention to the NBA. Keep an eye tonight on Rudy Gobert. He's a good pick tonight. Sneaky good pick. Rudy Gobert had 20 and 20 against the Mavs when they played each other earlier this week. Well, they're playing again tonight. So he has been very good putting up big numbers against Dallas. Maybe he does it again. Gobert's a good pick for tonight. Again, it's brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. All right, one more piece of business. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. My question of the day is for my disheveled board operator, Brendan Bubba Peregrine who is, um, like a lot of other bandwagon jumpers, a fan of the Dallas Cowboys and, uh, you know, front runners, all that kind of thing. But, but, but here's my question for you. If, if this indeed is a possibility, and I think it is, that the hometown kid, Matt Stafford, who grew up right there in Dallas, is going to be traded by the Lions, and I think soon, that Jerry Jones has made such a mess of the Dak Prescott thing that the best way he can get out of it without it annihilating his salary cap for the foreseeable future is to sign and trade Dak Prescott to Detroit for Matthew Stafford. Would you as a Cowboy fan take the likelihood of it happening out of it? As a Cowboy fan, would you want Matt Stafford as your quarterback or Dak Prescott? Bubba, answer the question. I mean, how long, how many times do I ask you a question and it takes you forever? This, this sigh that we could I mean, drive a truck a through. Question. It's, a t- it's not that tough. Actually, you know what? You're right. It's not a tough question. I don't want. I got Dak. I don't want. I don't want Deshaun Watson. I don't want Matt Stafford. I got Dak. I don't want anyone else. Okay, I respect I'm all that. Set. I respect it. Here's the only problem you have, and it is not Dak's fault. It's Jerry's fault. But you're now in a place where Dak is going to command so much money that it is going to deplete. The rest of your roster that remains your your preferred route and option at this point, Bubba. Yeah. Now, it, I want Dak. If you're telling me we can have Dak, 
I would enjoy Matt Stafford. <laughs> <laughs> I will take Matt Stafford. However, we don't need him because we got Dak. I'm with you. And candidly, I wouldn't trade Dak for Matt Stafford. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade the next. Not only would I not because Dak has a much longer runway, but I wouldn't trade the next two years. We've seen this year just how good Dak Prescott is. Dak Prescott had to get badly hurt. His foot needed to be facing in the wrong direction for everyone, including his own team to realize just how good he is. Now, uh, Hembo was with me all day today as well, and you're putting together numbers. Give me some numbers. Give me a number on Stafford. I feel like Stafford has been a great player on bad teams, on a terrible franchise. And one of the things, there was a stretch there where like, they didn't have anyone run for 100 yards in a game. It felt Literally, <laughs> it felt like two years. What, what is the number on 100-yard on rushers for Matt Stafford? When you hear people say he's had to do it all, it's almost literally true. So Stafford has started 168 games with the Lions and been accompanied by a 100-yard rusher in 11. 11 of those 168 games. 11 out of 168 games he's had a 100-yard rusher. Yes, yeah, so for context, Ezekiel Elliott has 28 such games in the last five years. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott rolls up. Well, maybe not this year so much, but <laughs> how many of those were this year? Could you grab me? I'll give you a second. Grab me Zeke's numbers because I felt like there was a, I don't even think I felt like, there was obviously a significant decline in Zeke Elliott. I was about to say he rolls out of bed for 100 yards every day, and prior to this season, he always did. And this year, and it's a combination of a lot of things, Dak got hurt, the offensive line wasn't as good, but what did he have this year? This year he had two 100-yard games. He only had two 100-yard games. That's like Stafford-esque. I mean, if it was Stafford, we feel right at home. <laughs> but, but, but I think there's a – I have reason to believe. I'm just going to tell you that the, the things that, that birdies are whispering in my ear. The Stafford thing, I believe, is going to happen really soon. Like Shefty said before the Super Bowl, I'm hearing sooner than that. I think there's a real chance, and I'm going to finish up my week here in the next minute as far as work is concerned, and then you and I will get back together again on Monday. And I think there's a real chance that by the time we are together again on these airwaves on Monday, you in your car or your home or wherever it is you are right now and where you're hanging out with me and we're talking football, I think there's a real chance we will know then what team Matt Stafford is going to play for next season. So I think it might happen that soon. The Deshaun thing is not going to happen nearly that soon. But let's hear what the front office has to say today. They're having a press conference in Houston to introduce the new coach. What a terrible situation that is he's walking into. Let's see what, if anything, they say about the possibilities of trading Deshaun. Could be fascinating to watch. Bubba, have a great weekend. Hembo, have a great weekend. And most importantly, wherever you are, have a wonderful weekend. Thank you for hanging out with me both on TV and radio this week. It's been a lot of fun. We will see you back in Better Than Ever Monday on ESPN Radio.